0: If you get a chance, make sure and thank our children's workers. They have done a great job with camp and all of that, and so we're just so proud of them. Amen, amen. All right, so I have a quiz for you. You ready for the quiz? Just say yes, okay? The quiz is, what book do you think we might be in? You got it. Okay, you're winners. You're you're making it today. A lot of you should be tired. Some of you workers should be tired. But we're going to be in Matthew, and we're going to continue on. And I just want to, as we begin, keep the picture of your mind. This is a different encounter. These are different moments with Jesus. He is looking at a people and speaking to them different than he did oftentimes with crowds. There was some type of connection, some type of movement in him and them that was so beautiful and so unique that it begins to just congratulate, he begins to speak into, he begins to just speak in a way that's so beautiful and sets things up so wonderfully. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, starting in uh, verse 1 through 7. We've been going through this, and uh, today we're going to be focusing in on verse 7. And uh, I won't review today, but we're going to head into that. So if you've got your Bibles, or you just want to read with me, if you would stand for the reading of God's Word this morning. Starting in verse 1, and and I I like to, and this is just kind of how I do it, I like to visualize, especially in these moments, visualize what's happening, visualize what's being done. And so I want you, as we read, to think of Jesus sitting there, looking to his disciples, looking to the, on all the crowd that was there on this mountainside. So Jesus, seeing the crowds, he went up. He went up on the mountains, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he said these words, Blessed. And he taught, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying this Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And then today's verse is Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. God, right now, we're going to ask that you would continue. You're already in this place. And so we're just going to pray right now, Lord, that you would continue to move in this place. God, we would ask that you would bind the hands of the enemy in the name of Jesus and cast them out. God, we would ask that you would work in the midst of me and that today the words that that are presented are the words that you've called and ordained for these moments. And so, God, we just, we settle into your word, we settle into your presence, and we settle into your arms. And we just pray that today you would move in this place, and so we trust you, we love you, and God, we look forward to these moments right now that will challenge and send us out well, and so we love you. And we ask this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. yes, okay. So obviously, um, we've kind of set this up, and I want you to understand how this passage relates to another passage, and... Um, and you got to get this, okay? When you look at the way in which Jesus instructed us to pray, we often kind of get it mixed up, right? We, we pray with all of our what first, all of our requests. <laughs> then we move into other people, and then we move into, oh, and we love you, God, amen. And yet Jesus said, hey, you got to center your minds first on God. So he taught us to pray in a way that like centered us on the glory, on the majesty, on the might of God. And then he moved into speaking about the will of God. Because see, only when we see God correctly, only when he's intimately working, can we understand his will, can we understand how our needs meet into that, or work into that. Again, in the way that he speaks here, he starts out all about us emptying ourselves, becoming poor in spirit, not like financially poor, but poor in spirit that we understand that we need him. We need him to come into our lives and fill us, and and, and it's not people that complete us, but he brings completion to us. He fills those places that no one else can fill. And then we begin to understand that there isn't even an R there. He's just saying, hey, this is an establishment. This is an exciting moment as we celebrate the fact that you know that you need me. And then we talked about how um, we mourn, but, but it's not mourning for, for loved ones. It's a mourning that understands the state we're in without him and understands the state that others is in without him. And then you keep, praise God, does that rain? That is so exciting. Isn't God good? We all need that. You just didn't we got a little farm, you need a little bit of rain there. So anyway, that was exciting to hear. If you got windows open, you might wanna, you know, shut them. So hurry up. Get get out there. You know your stuff's already messed up, but you know, because you know rain only takes water a second. Anyway, all right, we're back. Okay. And then, and anyway, and then we get into this place where uh, we, we think of meekness, but yet what we didn't understand was that meekness was actually translated as a boldness. And it was a boldness because we're, we're doing Christ's work, not our own work. And then we get to that hunger, hunger and thirsting. And only until we get past that, we're, we're like desperate after Jesus, can we understand this passage. And this passage is similar to the Lord's Prayer in that it's a shift. It's a shift from all things to all things. And so now we see our actions. And in fact, the way Jesus spoke this particular scripture, this passage, it's actually out of an outflow. So we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We're filled with the move of Jesus. We have the heart of the Lord. We have a desire to just see all that he sees. And then we can move into showing mercy to others. All right, so let's have fun for a second. You ever play mercy as a kid? Where you like grab the hands and you squeeze until the other person says, mercy, right? I mean, I never had to say mercy, but you know what I mean? Like it just, just kidding. I said mercy multiple times, especially in the army. So anyway, um, but mercy in those instances was weakness. So you would have been considered what? The weaker of the two. Now, oftentimes, uh, I grew up in kind of a different area in Jersey, went to a really horrific middle school, one of the worst in the state, and um, it it now shut down, they had to redo it, there was no like rehabbing it, and so it's something else now, but anyway, um, I witnessed bullying like every day. If it weren't to me, it was to other people, and I always felt like this desire to help people, and yet I wasn't always a help, and and oftentimes in that day, the way it was kind of done was that when you had enough, you would scream out mercy and then that would prove to everybody around you that you were the weaker of the parties sometimes i was on the receiving end sometimes i was on the try to stop end but i was never on the let me put it on someone else's end because i understood what it felt like but let me tell you something here that's so important for us to understand and for us to get out of our minds when it comes to this mercy does not equal weakness Because see, oftentimes our society has said, if we show mercy, then we're showing weakness. That isn't true. The other thing that's important to understand here, and we need to get this in order to get what he's saying, because this is what he's saying. um, He's not saying, show mercy, show mercy, show mercy, be walked on, be walked on, be walked on. That is not what the scripture is saying here it's why the pattern to get to this moment is important because it heads us up to understand that meekness is actually boldness for the right things and standing up for good things in a in a holy and loving way and he wasn't saying here just keep throwing yourself out don't set boundaries up don't just keep getting abused just keep getting hurt that's not what the scripture is saying here That's a whole different scripture, a whole different conversation. And so I don't want you to get those two things confused. And uh, so let's start on a a little journey real quick that um, is important. First of all, we all need mercy. At some point, I mean, let's just be honest. If you could be real in your own mind, maybe not with the person next to you, but in your own mind, you probably know of moments where like you have hoped after you've done something, you've just hoped that that person would show you what? Mercy. And I'm pretty sure if I know the human race well and know myself well enough, today's probably not the last day that we need mercy shown to us. Now some of us would say, well we never have and we never will, and, and that's great in and, and statement, but I just think at some point we're gonna have to go to somebody and say, I'm sorry, will you show me mercy? And so it's not something that is far from us. And I think that Jesus does this well because Jesus has this philosophy. If I'm going to show you mercy and I'm going to make an opportunity for you to have a way to the Father, then why wouldn't you want to afford that to others? So this word here, um, as we kind of go along here, there are three aspects. So uh, merciful, can you say Merciful. Okay, I won't make you say Elion Elimon. Oh gosh, I said it right in the other ones. It's E-L-E-E-M-O-N, okay? That is the translation here. Tons of times in the Old Testament. I mean, we don't think of it like this, but the Old Testament is full of moments where God showed mercy. And in the New Testament, it's only translated this way twice. Now, why do you think that? It's because Jesus came and was the embodiment of it. So he embodied it. He didn't didn't need to keep repeating it. He was it. He lived it. He showed it. He went to places where no one else would go and lived it. And so we see it translated twice in the New Testament. Hundreds of times Old Testament, twice in the New Testament and only one time in this way. And there's three aspects to the definition here of merciful that we're going to review. And so the first is, the, the key aspect is focus. You say, well, that's so simple. Y'all have a hard time focusing? Yes. yes, that was like my biggest enemy in school. My goodness, if they could just give you a pill to do that, you know what I'm saying, like just focus on, I would, I would still take it, so, but, huh, they do? I don't want it, don't start on me. Gosh, I already take enough. So anyway, um, but uh, focus. Interestingly enough, as I looked into it, I thought this doesn't make any sense. Because in my growing up, in my opinion, get this, right? Y'all been wrong before, right? Just say amen. Okay, hallelujah. We've been wrong. I'm wrong right now. Anyway, we've been wronged at some point. I always thought in my mind that this scripture, because I actually made this whole passage about me. It's all about what I do and how I live out. and, And yet, that's not what Jesus did here. And so, what he was actually saying is, it's not about when you've been wronged and then you give them mercy, Say, wait a minute. Okay, let's journey with Jesus for a minute. Did you know that most of the people that Jesus went to didn't wrong him? When he went and spoke to the crowds, I mean, obviously you could say, well, I mean, theologically speaking, but it wasn't like they did. Now, there were moments like the priests and the Sadducees and the scribes and some of the people, they would wrong Jesus. He would show them mercy or bring them scripture and, and those kind of things. But what if his ministry was only this? They wronged me, so I showed them mercy. They wronged me, so I walked with them. They're in my realm, so I minister to them. What if that was the limit to the ministry of Jesus? Church, it wouldn't be necessary for us to be here today. We could figure out how to do our realm and do it well. But yet here, it says to focus on those outside of our realm. Now if you're young, you don't know what a realm is. It's like the people in your influence. So it's your family and your friends and like your schoolmates and your, your, your work and the people you work with and like that's your realm and your realm changes all the time and life has just changed, you can't help it. And so we've always thought that okay if I, if they wrong me and I say you know what, I forgive you, I'm gonna show you mercy, then I'm clear. That isn't what this says. But see my whole life until I began to really study this i thought well okay so i've shown dad mom friends mercy and 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 forgiveness and so now i'm in the clear right now i'll be shown mercy this has nothing to do with that it has to do with focusing on those that are not in your realm and showing them mercy so basically and i said this before it's called stepping in where you don't have to step in it's called when you're out in public and, and something's happening. And instead of like shying away, I'll just be honest with you. Like my wife is really bold. A lot of times I'm thinking in my mind, okay, how am I going to step in? And she's already stepped in. And my daughter like melts away, you know what I mean? And like, it's just, but, but here's what really bothered me. The last couple of years, I've watched like videos. That's why I can't be on Facebook and stuff. But like people videoing stuff of someone getting hurt and they ain't doing nothing about it. I don't understand that. Because, see, I'm pretty sure if I know Jesus well, when they were getting ready to stone her, he did what? He stepped in. Jesus didn't say this is safe and secure. He didn't sing a song safe and secure, and he he didn't do that. He didn't say here it's safe. But, But see, what's happening in society is we're having a harder and harder time stepping in. So when mom and dad don't step in, then why would Janae, Charlotte, Hazel, and Indy step in if they don't see me step in or they don't see mom step in Jesus was saying this is a focus on others this is a focus on people outside in fact it's an adjective that means further and so it's actually further than our realm and so it's like outside there because the scripture already talks about how we're to deal with our families, how we're to show mercy to our friends and how those relationships work and all of that and loving our wives like Christ loved the church and all. this ain't that This is going beyond. This is someone that you see and all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're responding out of the outflow of the hunger and thirst that you have for Jesus. See, because if you're hungering, thirsting after Jesus, it's easy to live this way. Because all of a sudden you start seeing things. All of a sudden you start sensing this urge to step in. Because you can't handle that You're not the one videoing, you're the one saying, hey, let's let's do something about this. It's not just about what's been done wrong to us, showing mercy to others. Now, you're gonna say, okay, the second thing. And at the end, I'm gonna kinda challenge you on each of these three things. Like last week, can you identify a moment where like outside of yourself, did you show mercy? did you step in? Did you step up? Did you speak into? And then, so how are you going to, how are you going to do it this week? Second is feelings. Y'all have feelings? You should say, amen. Yes, I do. I got some right now. Okay. We all got feelings. Normally I do what? I say our Christianity isn't based on, are you awake? So our Christianity isn't based on Feelings, because if we felt our Christianity, it would be so wavy, right? I mean, we should just stand in a pool. Do you know what I'm saying? And turn the water on and off and kick it, because it would be a mess. We'd be like a dog in a pond. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not that. In fact, oftentimes when we actually translate it, like when Jesus says that we're to love our and all that, it's actually in command form. It's not in like, hey, if you feel like it, it's not in that. It doesn't say to love your wife like love like Christ loves the church as a as a feeling. It's actually a command. It doesn't it doesn't include feelings but what's crazy here and I tried to prove it wrong but all the theologians say it's true that this is based out of a feeling so what do you mean well it's got to be a feeling based out of what's been presented before us and what's been presented before us is getting our relationship with Jesus right so that we can see feel and be like him and sense and walk and move like him And see injustice and move like him. And so, it is an emotion. Now, it made sense, one of the passages I read, um, it talked about when you show mercy, because it's what you're supposed to do, it becomes following a law, right? Because in the Old Testament, when these were preached, you were to follow it because you had to, and because this is how you, and this is how it worked. And then all it becomes is like, hey, I, I did this today. Or, I showed mercy in this way. Did you know I stepped in and I'm going to post that on and I'm going to make sure everybody, and I'm going to, and all of a sudden it becomes again a self-centered move of God's spirit. It's like it starts as a move of God's spirit, then it transfers into, let me celebrate what, and then all of a sudden we have fulfilled and we feel good and then we do it again in three to six to ten months. Because see, if it's a law that we're following, if it's a duty then it isn't like an outflow. It, it isn't an outflow of the move of, of the Spirit of God. Genuine mercy only flows from a merciful individual. It actually is a great, it's a great tale of like what's happening inside of you. Interestingly enough, when you look at the way it translates, Jesus is saying you have to move your mind aside so that the mind of Christ can come in. Well, what does that mean? Church, I think all of us have feelings of compassion, right? If you're in here today, you most likely at some point in your life have had a feeling of compassion towards someone else. Because see, we serve a compassionate God. And so I don't know that we can be lacked of compassion and be here today. But here's what happens oftentimes, right? We're moved, we feel something, we're aroused, we see an injustice and we get ready to move in and our mind comes in come on now, right? I am guilty of it. We begin to do what? We assess it. We evaluate it. We we begin to say, is it in my realm? Is it in my time? Is it in my place? Is it in my, and then all of a sudden what we've done here, and in fact, Jesus in the scripture says, in order to do this, you have to feel like I feel with your mind out of the way, because let's be realistic. I mean, we could stand all day and talk about the moments that Jesus stepped outside his realm and, and moved. And most of those, like, if somebody would do that now in society, they would wrap around them because it was transformational. It, it was eyes that saw beyond the. He drew lions, he stopped stonings, he healed on days that he shouldn't have healed. He moved in ways that they said, why are you? He touched people he shouldn't have touched, like even physically. Because he was moved. The feelings came out of him and they moved. He was walking mercy. And so church, when you have a feeling and you, you have a desire and all of a sudden the Lord's placed on your heart to step in, does your mind step in as well? Does your mind step in and begin to check off the reasons why you shouldn't? Instead of saying, let me have the mind of Christ. Now the mind of Christ doesn't mean you just go out and just, I'm just gonna lay down and get all, no. But the mind of Christ will give you wisdom. It'll give you knowledge, it'll give you the ability. And so I think we have to evaluate our feelings when it comes to showing mercy. The third thing is, and all theologians believe, believe this, that the, it was the foundation and it is the foundation of the work and ministry of Jesus Christ. He foundationally was merciful. In fact, he foundationally offered it to everyone, even though some were saying, hey, you need to get it together. Hey, this isn't true. He showed them mercy. The foundation of his ministry was to extend mercy. And so... It's the very foundation of what we should be. Let me give you just two quotes, just real quick. Um, Nothing can make injustice just, but mercy which flows from Christ. Meaning injustice just isn't going to stop, right? It isn't just going to like all of a sudden go away. And I believe now, if I were sitting in other audiences, they would say, no, it doesn't need to involve the movement of Christ. But in my mind, the movement of Christ is what it does involve. Another statement, quote from someone The person who forgets to be merciful has fallen asleep in the spiritual. Mercy is the foundation. You say, well, what what are you talking about? Well, let's go back to the Old Testament for just one minute here. Y'all know Abraham? I've been singing the song all morning, so I ain't singing it again, okay? But Father Abraham, he had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you, so let's just praise the Lord. Come on, girl, you you know you've been singing this all day today. Anyway, um, so what's interesting is God gave him a promise. Now you'll say, oh, he gave him a lot of, he did. He gave Abraham a lot of promises, okay? One of the promises was, is Abraham, I will bless you. And then what we love to do is just hold on to that, and that incre- he's going to bless me. What's interesting is the rest of the scripture, you know, sometimes we don't like to get the tag on, you know what I mean? Like, skip the tag on, let's just receive the blessing. Well, there's more to it. God went on to say, so that you can bless others. See, he didn't just gift it so that he couldn't give it. He gifted it so he could gift it. And church, I don't know that there's much different now. He gifts us mercy so that we understand it. And church, I don't know how to explain it. If you haven't experienced it, the mercy that comes from God like when you know that like your heart isn't right and his spirit comes in and moves and cleanses you and purifies you and gets your head on straight and like all of a sudden you're seeing things differently and it's not just self-help but it's the spirit of God coming in that void. It's tremendous and it's freeing And it's peaceful. And so why wouldn't we want to share it with others? As God affords to us, so he affords to others through us. So, as we close today, there's kind of a tagline in all of these. Now I, I already cleared up that like only one of them says so far the kingdom of heaven and, and we've looked at all of them but this one here says in verse 7 blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. Now the reason it's not worded the other way because it probably should be worded if, if you're a merciful person then you'll get mercy right? But we, we have to get mercy to, in order to make space for, for God to come in and yet and really like it's kind of it's the flip but not really the flip it's confusing right? The bottom line is there's a tag to it. And the struggle that I've had as I've learned and studied and gotten really down to scripture, my, my teenage and young adult mind, which was, well, I forgave them, but I don't need to step over here because I, I, I got things to do. That's gone away because the Lord was saying, I'm glad you worked your realm out. What have you done beyond your realm? What have you done when you've seen it and you've kept on? What have you done when, like, you know that you probably should have and you didn't? That, that is the mercy here that Jesus is talking about. It's the shift, it's the transfer. Chapter, uh, verse 7 shifts now and the rest of it is all about how we take what's and we... And so, I guess one of the questions is Do you want mercy afforded to you? I think all of us would say yes. I think you're here for a reason today. And that is because you know what it means or you're beginning to know what it means to experience the mercy of God. And so, if you wanna continue to receive the mercy of God, then where are you stepping in? Where are you stepping up? Where are you not turning a blind eye Where are you saying, I hope someone else? I mean, how many times in your mind have said, well, I think somebody else will step in. So do you consider yourself a merciful person? Do you consider yourself someone that just can't help but step in? And you know what? There's sacrifice to that. My family could attest to it at times, and not even just as a pastor. Times in the military where people would say, I need, I need you after hours to like sit down with, and like, I don't have the space, but I'm like, okay, I don't know you, but let's sit down. And the times where you like pull over, or the times that you stop in Walmart, or the times that you, all of you have done it at some point. But how much of a part of who you are is that? Because, see, when you begin to do that, you know what happens? You begin to see ordained moments outside of your realm. And this is, this is the tag along, right? The tag along is all of a sudden you realize that God actually ordained you for that moment. Because oftentimes it's not conflict. Oftentimes it's not, oftentimes it's just a spirit saying this person needs me, so you're the me, so go and be. And we've sat down how many times and I can't believe it, like, God believes it. God knew it. We, we, just, we just sensed it, and we said it, or we sensed it, and we walked over there, or we sensed it, and like, we couldn't get away from it, and so we just, and then all of a sudden, that person says, you have no idea. Have you ever been there before? Many of you have heard your stories. You have no idea I was just, you have no idea last night I prayed. You have no idea that this is the moment that, you have no idea what's going on in my And then all of a sudden you realize that this scripture is not about the mercy you show to your wife or your kids. Y'all best do that. But it's about something way bigger, way stronger, way more spirit-driven, and way out of our comfort zone. But you know where we get to work and see God the most is out of our comfort zone. Because then it's no longer about me. It's about him working in me. And then me celebrating his work. So, is it your condition? Is your natural condition just to be merciful? And if it's not, church, this is a challenge. So this week, challenge yourself. Don't just let today be like, this was good, it was a great reminder. No, now this week, find a way through the working of the Spirit of God, to show mercy where you wouldn't normally show mercy. Step in, step up. Be the force that God's called us to be as a people of God. God, we thank you so much for this day, for this word. God, I thank you for the picture that I keep getting in my mind of you sitting and teaching thousands of people it's crazy as I picture like some of them not being able to hear and then hearing a word and passing it on and seeing just the expressions on the faces as it just spread through the crowd. And God, I hope today that this call you've given us, this this movement of mercy, imagine if our name was just, hey, he or she is a movement of mercy. He or she is the one you want to go to. He or she brings peace, hope, light, life. All because of that which resides in me. So God, we love you. We pray for that to come to be in such a mighty way in the people of God that sit here today. Let us hold on to this. Let us us capture it and let us move in it. We honor you. We love you. We praise you. And God, continue to draw us into your presence through these scriptures that you spoke. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Have a great week. Lots of great things. Coffee bar training this Wednesday. Next Saturday, car show. That'll be fun. God bless you.